Blog Talk Radio. next 90 minutes we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing i want all your ideas i want all your opinions i want all your beliefs and of course as always you will get a heavy dose of my opinion you have an opinion the number to call 646-727-3070 that's 646-727-3070 you can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pgant send messages to the show on twitter at go for Gant. And while you're there on Twitter at go for Gant, give me a follow at G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and The Have-Nots, Medina Islam. And Medina, he plays Quincy off The Haves and The Have-Nots. This man has an interesting story. I mean, you started from the bottom, now we're here type story. A great story, a great story of perseverance and, and making it to the top. But we're going to be joined by him. He's going to talk about the show. He's going to also talk about his life, and his life is definitely, truly inspirational. Also, one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton, crazy other than that, Ice Cube, Marlon Yates will be joining us. He plays the DOC, uh, so he'll, he'll be joining us. Uh, he plays DOC. We're going to talk to him about the movie. Big time success. A lot of uh, it's being sold a lot. A lot of people are going to see it. And the great thing, not much violence around, the, you know, in and around the film area, uh, the movie theaters. Uh, so that's a good thing. And here's the thing, man. I mean, and I didn't expect it. And I saw a meme out here. There was a meme. Well, and I'm paraphrasing the meme. But, I mean, basically... The meme basically says this. It basically says this. Most of the people who grew up with NWA are now are now for in their forties and fifties. So they ain't they're not going to the to the movie theater, uh, you know, with shooting things up and, and, and acting foolish and acting ridiculous. So I mean, and that pretty much sums it up for me. There ain't nobody, you know. I'm 39 years old. Ain't nobody my age. At least, at least nobody should be. If you're my age out there being stupid and, 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 and doing God knows what in movie theaters, don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't be ridiculous. Great, great, great weekend of sports lined up. To you. you got the NFL. And here's the thing, especially with the NFL. Now, the third preseason game, your dress rehearsal now. So this is an opportunity for teams to, to – to, to demonstrate and, 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 and just rehearse, this is it. This is where you're going to see starters going into the third quarter possibly. And that's exciting. You're going to see starters more than a quarter. You're going to see them at least a half. So that's a good thing. And that's, 
you know, if you're going to watch any preseason game, most definitely stay away from the fourth one. Well, it depends where you're at. Most definitely stay away from the fourth one because the fourth one is made up of a bunch of guys who won't be playing in the National Football League in 2014. I mean, excuse me, in 2015 and probably won't be playing in the National Football League ever. That's just reality. But anyway, an opportunity to see teams, you know, give out their best and, and play their best for a long period of time. So as we look at it, and there's a lot of great football on uh, today, tonight, and it's exciting football. Any football is good football because, you know, you, you obviously want to watch as much football as possible. But anyway, got three games tonight. Got the Patriots and the Panthers. Obviously the Panthers in their situation, um, Cam Newton, but Calvin Benjamin's out for the year, so you, you want to find a replacement for him. So you want you want to make sure you can get that right. And you're the Patriots, Tom Brady. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the suspension, but it's probably a great time to get Jimmy Garofalo some more uh, 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 more snaps, and and that's going to be very important as well because uh, you, we don't know what's going to happen. But Garofalo may play one, may play two, may have to play four games. Only time will tell, and we'll see what happens with that whole situation. But, you know, it's a great opportunity, well, for Brady to get some work and, and Garofalo to get some work as well. Got the Lions and Jaguars, Blake Bortles, his second year for the Jaguars. Another op- an opportunity for him to get work, Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, those Lions, they can get some work. And the, and the Titans and the Chiefs, Marcus Mariota, you know, an opportunity for the rookie. Get more snaps, get himself ready, play a little longer, get himself ready, get himself prepared as he steps into the to the to his rookie year in the National Football League. And you look at um, – Mariota, I mean, you know, the first game got off to a str- – he struggled a little bit early, picked it up as he moved on, played decent uh, last week as well. And then you look at Winston, James Winston, in the Buccaneers on Monday night. He, he showed uh, some flashes there and had some decent plays there. So I look at, you know, Winston and Mariota, so far so good. I mean, a couple hiccups there, a couple hiccups here, a couple hiccups there. But, I mean, so far so good. And then on Saturday, you got a you got a full full slate on Saturday. A lot of interesting games. Philadelphia, Green Bay. Got to see Sam Bradford. How much we're going to see Brent, Sam Bradford? That's going to be up for discussion. That's still up for discussion. We don't really know at this point in time. Chip Kelly. I mean, last week Sam Bradford pretty much played one series, and that was it. So we'll see what's going to happen there with the Philadelphia Eagles and, and Aaron Rodgers. We don't know how many snaps he's going to play as well. So that's an interesting one to look at. And also, you know, just looking at the schedule and, and looking down. Uh, the Rams and the Colts, I mean, you look at the Rams, and Nick Foles has had some struggles. That first-team offense has had a lot of struggles. So the, you, if you're the Rams, obviously, in that third preseason game, you want to try to get this thing right, you know, and improve and ultimately get better. So we'll see what happens with that one. Also, I mean, the uh, 49ers and Broncos, the San Francisco 49ers, anyone been hit hard like the San Francisco 49ers been, uh, you know, the, the hits keep on coming and coming and coming, uh, you know, when when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the offseason was, was bad enough. I mean, the, the offseason was bad, you know, in, in terms of retirees, in terms of, you know, a lot of the new coach. 
I mean, you just look at what happened. I mean, Ray McDonald, his situation, ultimately he signed. They cut him. He ultimately signed with the Bears. That didn't work out. He had issues. You know, Justin Smith retired. Patrick Willis retired. Chris Borland retired. You know, Parrish Cox, Chris Culliver all leave, go to different franchises. That You know, your, your, your secondary, your corners. You know, Alden Smith, uh, you know, one of your, your, your big sack guys. He's gone. He is gone. And now, Ahmad Brooks, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, obviously that indictment, I mean, he's being charged with misdemeanor sexual battery, so that's not a good situation for Ahmad Brooks, and that's not a good situation for the San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, the hits keep on coming and coming. He got indicted the other day. Him and Ray McDonald. And it's an unfortunate situation. Unfortunate situation. McDonald, you know, he got hit with the hard stuff. You know, he got hit with the hard, hard, hard. One count of rape for Ray McDonald. So looking at what could happen, if each of them are are, are actually convicted, Ray McDonald could get a maximum of eight years in prison. That's a long time. And Ahmad Brooks could get a possibility of six months in prison if he is charged. So, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And, and you, you, I just never, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm speaking from a, a, a sane point of view here, but I just don't understand, you know, why individuals of that stature, of their ilk, you know, uh, NFL players, I mean, guys like me, I got to work for mine. You know, if you're an NFL player, theoretically, how much do you really have to work? And it goes to a larger issue, obviously. You know, it goes to a much larger issue than just, you know, being able to get girls and things of that nature. Obviously, if they, in fact, did what they're accused of, there's some deep-seated issues. Deep-seated issues. So, it's an unfortunate situation. And right now, Mom Brooks is back in Colorado. He's home. And so you wonder what's going to happen now. And you wonder how much football is Mom Brooks going to play in 2015, if any. And you wonder what are they going to do with Mom Brooks? Are, are they going to just let this thing play out and just let him play with the hope that he can get through the whole situation and we don't know when, I don't think they set a trial date at this point in time. Maybe they did. Let me double check that. But, you know, what do you do now with Ray McDonald? I mean, not Ray McDonald, Amar Brooks. That should be interesting to figure out what they're going to do there. And it's an unfortunate situation, a very unfortunate situation. And, and these guys, you know, you just got to be smart. You got to be wise, and you, you got to avoid trouble, if any and all possible. Do the Forty ers say, you know what? And, and here's Ray McDonald. The Bears gave him an opportunity, and you know he obviously messed up that situation. And then eventually it was going to mess up anyway because ultimately he was indicted and ultimately he was charged. So eventually the, the Bears would have had to cut Ray McDonald. They just did it sooner. Then maybe maybe they wanted to, but eventually it would have had to happen. 
based off of what he done previously and just based off, obviously, the indictment. It's an unfortunate situation for these guys, but if it's true, it's even, it's even, it's even more of an unfortunate situation for the woman who was involved in the situation. And that's, you know, that's an unfortunate situation. Very unfortunate situation. And, um, wow. Wow. But the 49ers, you know, the, the, the hits keep on coming when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. And these boys got to find a way, find a way to, to stay out of trouble. I mean, McDonald got arrested in May, man. Like I said, you know, the Bears gave him an opportunity, and he messed up. You know, the, obviously this incident already had happened December of 2014. But, I mean, come on, man. You got an opportunity, again, even after you messed up and messed up and messed up. You got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And now, you know, obviously in May you messed up. And, you know, I know at the end of the day it may not matter because you probably would have got cut regardless once this came down. But, dude, you got another opportunity and you messed it up. You need help. You need help. And, you know, hopefully, again, he gets the help that he needs. And we'll see what happens with Ahmad Brooks and see if if he possibly will, will get himself in some trouble here. He's charged. So what happens there, uh, time will tell. Unfortunate situation for everybody involved. And the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, if you can overcome this, and you wonder if they can. I mean, you're talking about Ahmad Brooks. You're talking about Chris Borland. And we'll see what happens with Brooks. You're talking about Patrick Willis, the Smith brothers. I mean, the guys who are big-time sackers for your football team, I mean, they're gone. The guys who who, who anchored your linebacker core, they're gone. I mean, the 49ers, I don't want to say, I mean, we'll see what happens with their quarterback and if he can bounce back a little bit. But the 49ers obviously are a team in disarray. They're they're in a, a, a team in disarray right now, a, a team of big-time disarray. I mean, you look at, you know, Borland, 107 tackles, gone. Willis, you know, he's, he's, you know, had some injury issues and, and things of that nature. But, I mean, you know, these guys are out the door. So they had, what, a total of 949 tackles last year. 107 is gone with Chris Borland. Um, 39 with Ray McDonald, so that's 146. Patrick Willis, 34, so that's 190. Ahmad Brooks, 30, that's 220. That's out the door. That's out the door. So out of a, a total of 949 tackles, 220 of them are gone. Out the door, including your leading tackle, tackler and Chris Borland. I think it might be a struggle situation for the 49ers this year. I mean, it, it, it's going to be very difficult. 
to come back from what they have have to come back from. I mean, Crabtree, you let him go. You know, he was your second leading receiver. You know, Stevie Johnson, they brought him in, and he really didn't, you know, he didn't have a big year. And that might be a byproduct of his quarterback not having a big year. But now you've got Torrey Smith in the mix. You know, Bolden's back, and, and that obviously helps your situation. Um, it's, you know, Vernon Davis, you, you want to get him healthy. And Ryan Kaepernick, you want to you you want him the quarterback to to return to his ways, his good ways, his his his, his big time performing ways. But time will tell if that can happen. But the Forty Niners going to be interesting. What happens with the Forty Niners as we go throughout the course of this NFL season? And let's stay in the NFL. Michael Vick. Michael Vick signed with the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers the other day, and the, you know the here's the thing. You know, the protesters are out, which is not surprising, and it comes with the territory. I mean, every time Mike Vick goes to a certain place, if it was Philadelphia, the protesters came out. The protesters came out. And when he went to New York, the protesters came out. And now he's in uh, Pittsburgh. The protesters came out. I mean, I don't know what you want Michael Vick to do. You know, obviously, what he did with the dogs and the dog fighting was wrong. The way you don't treat animals that way. You don't. And at the end of the day, I mean, he got what he deserved. But at the end of the day, he did his time. Was it 19 months at Leavenworth? Federal prison. He did his time. What else do you want this man to do? I mean, you, you got people throwing signs out, jail time is not enough, ban Vic from football. Are there choir boys in the NFL, in NFL locker rooms? You got, are there choir boys in the NFL locker rooms? Don't think so. I mean, you, you've had, you know, murderers in there. You know, you know, you got had guys who committed murder. You know, I, you know, uh, homicide by what? What? Josh Brent driving drunk. You know, it wasn't murder per se, but you know, his negligence caused the death. Dante Stallworth. You know, his negligence caused the death. And and what I'm saying is, I mean, obviously you got Big Ben, for example. I mean, Big Ben is. You know, he had issue after issue with, with, with allegations. He, he paid off somebody back in 2008. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, a lot of these dudes got stuff. They got stuff with them. I mean, if, if we're going to say, and again, Ben Roethlisberger's never been charged with anything, and at the end of the day, he did pay, a civil, did pay somebody off. We don't know if that's just to get rid of it. We don't know if that's admitting guilt. We don't know. Well, let's just say, you know, obviously he's admitting something on some level. But maybe not. Maybe he's just saying, look, I don't want to deal with this. Let this go away. I got the money. Let's throw it at it. She be quiet. She goes off. I go off. Everybody moves on. There are no choir boys in the NFL. No choir boys. There's no choir boys in life. No choir boys in life, but, 
you know, I, I, I didn't see this level of protest by Steelers fans. I know there were some Steelers fans who were a little upset about the Roethlisberger stuff, but I didn't see any protesters like this. You know what I mean? And, and the thing about Michael Vick, probably not going to play much football anyway. Not going to play much anyway. It's your backup quarterback. But this comes with the territory. It comes with the territory when Michael Vick comes to your town. I mean, Big Big Ben over the last two seasons have played 16 games. So with that being said, Michael Vick probably won't be playing football in Pittsburgh at all, maybe. So it's much to do about nothing. He is a backup quarterback, but... You know, when are we going to get to the point now where we can just say, let this man just go to a team in peace? I mean, when – and I get it. 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 But at some point, I mean, he, he did some things with the Humane Society. I mean, he, he paid off his debts. You know, he, he filed for bankruptcy, and, and you, you know, you get protection from your creditors. Well, Michael Vick said, you know what? I'm going to pay it off, and I didn't have to. He didn't have to do it, but he was a man about it and paid his debts. He paid his debt. How long do we keep, you know, holding this against this man? And it's probably going to be forever. The man has a dog in his home now. The man, and I'm not excusing Mike Vick, but I know the man stated, like, look, I mean. The way he viewed dog fighting was different than maybe the way others view dog fighting. Doesn't make it right, but you understand his side, his point of view. I mean, you got people, and, and, and here's what I hate the tough talkers. And then I'm, these are the tough talkers. The, the, the guys who, who come out here and say, well, you know, I'm reading some quotes now for a fan. You know. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to go to the games and have fun and watch with my family. The season is ruined for me as long as he's on the team. Give me a break. Shut up. Stop the tough talk. You'll be back. Quit it. Quit it. You got another fan. Would you let Michael Vick near your dog? Then why would you let him in your city? Vick's not welcome here. Shut up. Shut up. How long do you hold this stuff against this man? Pled guilty back in 2007. It's eight years later. The debt has been paid to society. He's paid off his other debts. And seemingly he's a changed man. Now, I don't excuse what he did to the dogs. But some of you out here have probably done some bad things to humans, too. And I I am one who believes a human's... I I value a human's life more than I value a dog's life. I love dogs. I have a dog in my home. That dog lays in my bed. I treat the dog as family. But at the end of the day, who would I rather see 
Because I mean, uh, who am I more inclined to to support? Who am I more inclined to hope to do better? I mean, I hope to see a man do better than to see a dog do better. I hope to see a man more happy in comparison to a dog. I'd rather see a man happy any day than a dog. I mean, some of you people out here value a dog's life more than you value a human life. Is that right? Does that sound, I mean, it, it, it's, how long? How long, how long, how long do you hold on to this stuff? And, and look, here's the thing. He came to Philadelphia back into, uh, was it 2008? 2009, excuse me, came to Philly. Protesters were out. I'm never watching any, the tough talkers were out. I'm never watching the Eagles get another Eagles game again. Never. I'm done with this team. How could you do this to me, to the team I love? 2010, most of you were cheering when he, was, uh, when he threw 21 touchdowns. 2010, most of you were cheering when he was making electrifying plays. 2010, most of you were, were, were jumping and dancing when the Philadelphia Eagles, who many didn't think were going to make it to the playoffs that particular year, got into the playoffs. 2010, many of you back in 2010 were so excited to see Vic Throw for over 3,000 yards. 2010, most of you were excited to see Michael Vick run for 676 yards, score nine touchdowns. 2010, you were Philadelphia. Most of you who said you were never going to watch again were watching and cheering. 2010, you saw number seven jerseys with Vic on the back all over the city of Philadelphia. Shut up, everybody. You tough talkers, shut up. You guys who say you're never going to watch Steelers football, you're a liar. And if you're in front of me, I tell it to your face. You are a liar. You'll be back. Actually, you ain't never left. So stop it. Sounds silly. He went to the New York Jets. You same people were out there, not Steelers fans, but Jets fans. I don't want this guy on my team. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm not. A lot of you didn't have the same outrage. When, when when Eric Garner and his situation went down. A lot of you didn't have that same outrage, the same outrage that you have for a man who I don't condone it, but at the end of the day, it's not a human. It's a dog. It's not right. It's dead wrong, but it's a dog. Out in force. You Giants fans. Oh, I'm not watching Vic. I'm not going to watch Vic. 
I mean, excuse me, you're a Jets fan. I'm not watching Vic. I can't support the team. He's on that team. Shut up! You weren't saying that when he was uh, putting up big numbers uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers as he helped you guys pull up that upset. Shut it! Tired. And you Pittsburgh Steelers fans, in 2015, we're still hearing the same old stuff, same old rhetoric, same old, you know, petitions and all this other nonsense. Where were your petitions Petitions when Big Ben was acting a fool? Where were your petitions at then? I, I, I'm tired and I know Michael Vick, you know, he, he addressed the past and all his mistakes. But I think it's unfair that he has to continue to do this. And I know people forget. People forget fast. I mean, look how many people hated Alex Rodriguez, and now they love him in New York City because he produced. So Big Ben goes down, and Michael Vick steps in, and Michael Vick leads the Pittsburgh Steelers to a victory. You guys have said you would never watch Pittsburgh Steelers football again. You'll be right there watching. Shut it. I'm tired of every time, every time he goes to a new city, he has to keep talking about this. He addressed it the other day, quote, the best thing to do was make amends for what I did. I can't take it back. The only thing I can do is influence the the masses of kids from going down the same road I went down. That's all you can ask from the man. You guys want blood. You guys want blood from this man. What more do you want? What more does this man have to do for you to finally say, I mean, he worked with the Humane Society. It's not like he hasn't done nothing. He's trying to make amends. He's bringing the dog in his home. So his kids can have positive experiences with animals. What else do you want from the man? You want him to be in jail forever? That's what you want? You want him not to be able to play football anymore so he can't make a living for his family? That's what you want? Forever? That's what you want? Stop it. There's no choir boys in football. There's no choir boys in basketball. There's no choir boys in baseball. Quite frankly, there's no choir boys in life. So the moment you need to stop and realize there's no choir boys in life, and you need to stop with the ridiculousness. You need to, st- you need to stop wasting your time and, and going out and protesting and, and, and worried about Michael Vick. Do something with your life. Go to work. Do something with your life. Play with your kids. Do something with your life. Go to park. Volunteer. Do something with your life. Stop it. And leave this man alone. Do something with your life. And, and, and leave Michael Vick alone. Let Michael Vick do what Michael Vick wants to, 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 to do. He's not bothering you. He's a changed man. And, and the moment that Michael Vick messes up 
or, or, or you know, because we all going to mess up some way, shape, or form. But I'm talking about a serious mess up. If he start messing with dogs again and start doing nonsense with that, I'm going to come down hard on him. I'm going to come down hard on him. The, the moment Michael Vick, you know, is doing acting a fool in the streets, I'm going to come down hard on him. But at this point in time, seemingly a changed man, paid off his debts, paid his debt to society, went through the prison process. And here, here's the thing also. The prison system, while it may not be doing this, it, it's set up, well, it's supposed to be set up to, to rehab and rehabilitate individuals with the hope that they can come out and become productive members of society. One of the ways you can be a productive member of society is, you know, being with your family, um, obviously going to work every day, um, paying your bills, raising your kids, being a good father to your children, being a good husband to your wife, following the law, doing, paying your taxes, just being an upstanding citizen. That's the way... You help society. That's how you make society in this world a better place. And that's, if we get that from all our prisoners who, who've been in jail and have gotten out of jail, if, if every prisoner is doing what Michael Vick is doing and, and, and changing his life the way Michael Vick is seemingly changing his life, the world would be a much better place. The world would be a much better place. I just... I just wish people, and we tend to come down hard on our celebrities and our people in the limelight. In the process of coming down hard on them, we fail to sometimes look at our own lives and look at all the things that we have done, look at all the mistakes that we have made. And, you know, none of our mistakes are plastered on a TV screen. None of our mistakes, most of our mistakes aren't talked about on radio. Most of our mistakes aren't, aren't Facebook fodder or, or tweets. Most of our mistakes aren't, aren't, aren't out there like that. It's just not. So you keep looking and, 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 and worried about what Mike Vick's doing. You know, worried about, about bothering Mike Vick. He's trying to make a living. You know, he's, he, he, he's trying to make a living. This is his profession. And you're you're bothering them, and you know you keep messing with them, keep criticizing them, keep keep talking about them, keep you know keep having his name in your mouth, keep protesting and wasting your time. You, you, you know your petition of twelve, fifteen thousand, it's probably not going to do much. The, the, the Steelers have made their mind up. I don't think it's going to do much. They're not stupid. They realize that you'll be back. You'll be back uh, uh, waving your terrible towel. You, you, you'll be back, you know, uh, uh, at the Stillers, supporting the Stillers. You'll be back. And if Michael Vick got you to a Super Bowl, I'm probably saying it's not. It's probably not going to happen. You know, I, 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 I'd bet on me being a NBA basketball player before I bet on Michael Vick leading the Steelers to the Super Bowl. If he led your Steelers to the Super Bowls, you would love him. You would think he was the best. You would think he was the greatest. So you, you just stop. It's it's 
It's old now. And I'm tired of him having to address it every city he goes to. I'm tired of you protesters wasting your time and, you know, protesting the Jets and the, and the, and the Steelers and you wasting your time writing writing down uh, your name on the petition. I'm tired of you doing that. Stop it. You know, you're, you're, there's much more important things going on in this world, a lot of other uh, things that you should be out here protesting. You know, you should be protesting that all kids should be able to go to safe schools. You should be protesting that, that you know, everybody should have a place to live. You should be protesting that, that everybody should have a job or, or helping people find jobs and things of that nature. There, there's more important things to be protesting. There's more important things to be protesting. Stop wasting your time bothering this man. Let this man eat. Let this man make a living. Let this man do what he does, and that's play football. And let this man continue on the path of greatness and, and change because he's seemingly a changed man. Let that process play out. Let him do what he has to do. And, and leave Michael Vick alone. Thank you. <laughs> Derek Rose, Chicago Bulls, he's got a lawsuit out against him. And um, reported by TMZ and, and TMZ, like I said, TMZ, I said this before, TMZ is doing some big things right now and in terms of uh, TMZ Sports doing some big things and reporting things and being on the, uh, on you know, taking the lead in a lot of situations. But at this point, according to the lawsuit, the incident occurred, man, what, less than, less than two, well, two years ago, around the same time, around this same time, early morning, October 27th. Apparently, the, uh, the situation took place. Um, apparently, you know, Derek Rose and maybe a couple other guys were involved in, in some sort of situation where Rose and two of his friends slipped some, uh, a drug into her drink. And then all of them, three of them, allegedly committed sex acts on, on a woman who was uh, high and uh, and drugged up, allegedly. And um, obviously, very very, it, it it seems to go contrary to what Derrick Rose has been throughout the course of this and, and during his time in the NFL. It, it seems to go against what Derrick Rose is is about. It, it seems to go against that. And you know, I don't know. Obviously, how true it is at this point in time, we all have to let the whole situation play out. It took a long time for her to finally come with something. I mean, 2013, now we're in 2015. I mean, that's a long time. It's two years. Two years for us to finally get something. You know, you're, you're, you're coming with this two years later. I mean, and you know, the, the complaints against, what, 13 defendants. Thirteen, you know, and, and apparently her and Derrick Rose had a, a relationship. They met back in 2011. Um, you know, according to her, Rose had asked her to do some uncomfortable things, you know, asked her to, to masturbate on Skype and, you know, so on and so forth. 
talked about involving others, and and it's just you know obviously it's a mess. She first went to Chicago back in 2013, brought along a friend. This friend happens to be a sex therapist. Apparently, this friend was was going to help her become more comfortable with sex and oral sex. I mean, it, it's, you know, I can read on and on about it, but at the end of the day, first and foremost, you hope that he's, this is not true. You hope it's false. Secondly, you hope that if it is true, that whoever was involved gets himself in trouble. But more importantly, you hope that it's false. Because Derrick Rose, you know, you, you get a reputation, and Derrick Rose seemingly, hey, hey, anything can happen with money, girls, men. Anything can happen if, if alcohol is flowing, drugs are around. I'm not saying these things happen. But anything can happen in this world of entertainment. You know, anything is possible. And anything can happen. And and so, because of anything can happen, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to say this definitively didn't happen. I'm not going to say definitively that it did happen. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened because it's entertainment. It's athletics. It's girls. It's money. It, it's, a, it's all those things. And we all know what can go down with athletes and, and, and females. We all know. So if, in fact, this is true, I can't sit here and tell you that, you know, I'm surprised. I can't sit here and tell you this and, and say, you know what, Derek would never do that. I don't know him. I don't know him at all. I just know what I see in public. I just know what I see in public. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know Derek. I don't talk to Derek on the phone. We don't text. We don't Facebook each other. We don't tweet each other. I don't know. But judging by what I've seen, I would think, and judging by his public persona, you would say no, but once those doors close, once those lights turn off, who knows what happened? Who knows what happened? And so I just hope it doesn't. I just hope it's not true. I hope it's not true. I hope. And, I, and, you know, I pray. I'm going to pray to that. I'm going to pray that this is not true. No one. I mean, for the victim's sake and for Derek Rose's sake, for everybody's involved's sake. We have wished and cheered Derek Rose on as he's come back from ACL injuries, MCL injuries, leg injuries. We we cheered him on, rooted on, and, and many of us were pained, were in pain, were, were were upset, sad when you know he tore his ACL against the Sixers in 2011. We were 2012, excuse me. We were sad when he messed up his MCL the following year. We were sad. We felt bad for Derrick Rose. We all want Derrick Rose. 
to be healthy and to stay on the court. And we root for Derrick Rose because he seems like a good dude. Now, and we don't know what may happen, but his lawyer's confident. Their spokespeople, I should say, spokesperson, they're confident. As they say, quote, we have complete confidence that the case will be dismissed, period, point blank. So for the sake of Derrick Rose and, and, and for the sake of everybody involved, obviously, we hope it's not true. We hope that these are lies. We hope that Derrick Rose, the guy that we all rooted for, we hope that he's not this guy. We hope he's not the monster that is that we've seen here, where you know, gr- you know, they're doing group sex and things of that nature with a, a woman who's not uh, conscious to to say yes or no. Not good. Not good at all. Pretty bad. So we'll see what happens with Derrick Rose. We'll see what happens with this whole situation. You know, it's a civil lawsuit. It's not criminal. You know, I don't know if it could get to that. But at this point, I mean, maybe Derrick Rose gets to a point in time where he says, you know what, look, it's not true, but I just don't feel like fighting this. So you can, here's your money. You know, I got a lot of money. Here's the money. Go do what you got to do. I'll go do what I got to do, and we just move on with our lives. It could come down to that. We've seen it. You know, Kobe Bryant did it. It doesn't mean Kobe Bryant was guilty, but he did it. Ben Ben Roethlisberger did it in terms of paying people off, paying the girl off, paying her off. doesn't mean they did it, but at the end of the day, they paid it off to make it go away. You know, they they didn't want to deal with it anymore. And so... Unfortunate, obviously. It's unfortunate that the, the, the accusations even out there. But at the end of the day, you know, accusations will come and, and accusations will go. And we'll see if these accusations ever, you know, amount to anything. Kyrie Irving. You know, at this point, you know, we saw last time we saw Kyrie Irving he had a situation with his kneecap where he was out for the NBA Finals. And, you know, you look at Kyrie Irving at this point in time, you know, he said it was a freak play. And so at this point, according to what he told to, uh, the Cleveland Plain dealer, quote, I'm honestly not putting any date on anything. People are going to put a date regardless. I'm just continuing to be on the journey I've been on. That's continuing to get better every single day and rehabbing my leg. There are talks that he might be back. In January. And it's not, to me, that's not the end of the world because you have LeBron James, because you have what you have on the Cleveland Cavaliers. As long as you have LeBron James, you're good. You're good. You know, so Kevin Love is still going to be there as well. So obviously, you want, you want, um, you want Kyrie Irving to be 100% healthy and ready to go for that stretch run. And then, you know, second half of the season into the playoffs. 
That's what you want Kyrie Irving to be at his best. You know, the the Chicago, I mean, the uh, Cavaliers, their season, you know, their season is defined by what happens in the playoffs. Bottom line, point blank. Their season is defined by what happens in the playoffs. And it's the team, because of the talent they have, LeBron James, because of what they have, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Mozgov, because of Mo Williams now, which is a huge, huge addition, I believe. Mo Williams could put the ball in the basket. He's a great backup point guard. And a great, it's not a, he's a good luxury to have. But you look at Kyrie Irving, you need him healthy. You need him 100%, and you need him ready to go, mainly for the playoffs. Because in reality, if he was healthy, if he was healthy, you know, if he was healthy back for the NBA Finals, well, it might have been a different story. It might have been a much different story. You know, Golden, it, it, it helped the Golden State Warriors that Kyrie Irving wasn't there. That helped. You know, that, that definitely helped the Warriors. It helped, obviously, Kevin Love wasn't there as well, but it helped not to have Kyrie Irving there and not to have his production, not to have what he brings to the table. That helped. And, you know, that's not a knock on the Golden State Warriors. That That's not a knock on that ball club. That team won 80-plus 80, 80 games. You got to be pretty good to win 80-plus games. They won 80-plus games. But the Bulls, uh, the, the Cavaliers sure could have used 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's what Kyrie Irving had in game one of the NBA Finals. They could have used that, most definitely. And um, they didn't get that. They didn't get that after. And, you know, Matthew Dellavedova gave it his all. It wasn't enough. J.R. Smith, just not the right role for J.R. Smith. Just not the right role for Dellavedova. Just not the right role for those guys. Guys had to play roles that they had no business playing. And that's because Kyrie Irving wasn't there. But again, the key for the Cavaliers, health. And they need that health in the playoffs. And they need that, that to have that health in the playoffs. And if they had it, and, it, and here's also the thing, here's also the thing. We can say if they had it, they would have won. We could have said all that. But here's also reality of sports, reality of life, reality of the NBA. You have to seize the moment, seize the opportunity when you have an opportunity and a chance to win an NBA title. It's a long run. It's a grind. It's an 82-game regular season. And And if you're lucky and if you're really good, it's only 16 games you'd have to play to win an NBA title in the playoffs. That's if you're lucky. But most of our most teams aren't lucky enough to just have to play 16 games. So the point I'm trying to make is this. It's a grind. But there's no – I mean, there's no guarantee that LeBron James will stay healthy, but he's been healthy throughout the course of his career. No guarantee, though. No guarantee that Kevin Love can stay healthy. And I know he's had some 
injury issues over the years. There's no guarantee that even Kyrie Irving can stay healthy, as we've seen throughout the course of his career. No guarantee. And we've seen it with OKC. We, we've seen it, uh, OKC, where, you know, this is a basketball team poised after going to the NBA Finals, losing to the uh, the Miami Heat, poised uh, and, and a team ready to get back to the NBA Finals. Then Russell Westbrook goes down. It just don't know. You don't know. Can't predict the future. And the reality is if, you know, your guys can go down at any point in time. And so with that being said, it's it's, it's, it's that's just what it is. And and so you got to seize the moment. And the Cavaliers, fortunately, were able, well, unfortunately for them, weren't able to seize the moment, mainly because of injury, mainly because their boy Kyrie Irving was out. He was out, and so you when you when you have that moment, you have that chance. You got to do it, got to seize it. You got to get it done. You got to win the chip. There's no guarantee. I mean, LeBron James has been there what five straight seasons. That's a lot of grind. That's a lot of basketball. A lot of basketball. A lot. At some point, by the time, and just the grind of playing all those games has to catch up to you. Has to. Has to. So, the Cavaliers, obviously, they need Kyrie Irving to be where he needs to be. So, we'll see what happens. But he may not be back. Until January. Let's go to baseball now. And the New York Mets. How about them? Swept the Phillies the other, uh, and that's yeah, not saying much, but 8-1 in our last road trip, which is huge. A team six and a half up in the NL East. Again, an 8-1 road trip. You know, it was against Colorado, against the Phillies. Well, seven of those games were against Colorado and, and Philadelphia. Two bad baseball teams. Uh, I'll give you that. But you still got to handle your business. And the Mets handled their business. They handled their business. And now, six and a half up. And, you know, we're approaching September now. Six and a half up against the Nationals. And the Nationals have lost an hard span. So that's huge. That's a hit. But you you look at it. And, you know, looking at the most of September, you know, next they got a three-game set against the Red Sox. The Red Sox not playing great baseball. But you still got three. You got six more games against the, the Nationals. Six more. And so we'll see what can happen. And we'll see if the Nationals can pick up their play. And if the Nationals can pick up their play, obviously you have six chances against the New York Mets. You got this, you got six opportunities in the next month, six chances to make some headway. And you know, you look at the Mets; they've had some struggles against teams in the NL Central. 
but they play. They play the only team they play in the Central is the St. Louis, uh, Cincinnati Reds. That's a good team to play. But they got the Cincinnati Reds four games set against the Cincinnati Reds in September, near the end of September. But again, six games against the Nationals. But the Mets, with the pitching that they have, the timely hitting that they're getting, they just look like a team that is going to win the NL East. You know, you watch the Mets and they just, you know, the way things are, that, how about that ground ball deflected off the pitcher? And, you know, and it just went to the right spot. I mean, the Mets just look like it's just their year when it comes to winning the NOEs. It just looks like they're poised to win a division. It just looks that way when I watch the Mets. It just looks that way. But the Nationals, you know, you, you, you come into the season and you're saying that's the most talented team in the National League East. That's the most talented team in the National League East. But when you're, you're, you're six and a half back, you know, you're you're not playing the greatest of baseball. You're not. And, and so you got to step it up. If you are the team, the, if you are the best team in this division, and you're the most talented team in this division, you got to prove it. And you look at their schedule. Three games against the Marlins. they got three games coming against the Marlins. That's, that's, a, that's a team that they should be able to beat on. That's a team they need to beat on if they want to get and ultimately uh, win that division. You know, three against St. Louis, that's obviously going to be tough. Then you got Atlanta, four games set. Braves stink. The Mets, you got you to gotta make some headway there. The Marlins, they stink. They got the Phillies, they stink. The Marlins again. Then you got the Orioles, the Phillies, Reds, Braves, and again, they end the season three games set against the New York Mets. I don't think they're catching the Mets. I, I, the way the Mets are playing, they might just run away with this whole thing. They really might just run away with this whole thing. That's the type of baseball they're playing. That's the type of, you know, the Nationals, they got no shot for the wild card. Nine back, no shot. So their best shot is to win the NL East. And the NL East stinks. They, it, it stinks. You know, the Braves, 19 under 500. The Marlins, 26 under 500. And the Phillies, 28 under 500. So you got three teams. You know, a combined what? 19, 28, excuse me, 26 was 19, 26, 36, 45. 28 was 28 and 46. Four, 28 and 40. You're talking about, what, 74 games you got three teams that combined 74 games below 500 in your division. So you should be, you know, and and the Mets have had struggles against the Central. They've had some serious struggles against the uh, the NL Central. But they've been beaten, you know, you beat up on the East. Beat up on teams like Philadelphia. What, Phillies beat the Mets, what, one time this year? Mets have owned the Phillies over the past two seasons. Beating up on the Phillies. But you have to beat up on these teams. And the Mets are beating up on the teams they need to beat up on. And that's what it's, what's going on. The New York Mets are beating up on baseball, on, on, the, on teams they need to beat up on. 
and they're six and a half up, and they could run away with this thing if they continue to play pretty good baseball. But again, it does help that you know their road trip was against the Rockies, teams like the Rockies, and, and teams like the Philadelphia Phillies. Both teams, twenty plus games under five hundred. Second hour, go for it. Starts right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Second hour of Go For It. First hour in the books. That was a quick hour. Second hour coming up now. In this hour, we're expected to be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and the Have-Nots, Medina Islam. He will be joining us. He plays Quincy on this show. Um, we're trying to uh, see if we can get uh, – we were scheduled to have uh, Marlon Yates, one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton. Um, we're trying to see if we can get effort him in this second hour. So we'll see if we can make that happen. But um, we'll, we'll try. But coming up next week, uh, we'll be here Thursday – 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Make sure you join us. We're expected to be joined by Little Easy E. The son of the late, great Easy E will be joining us next week. So that should be fun. We're, we're going to be having him next week. And obviously, you know, we'll see if we can work on getting others as we prepare for next week's show. But Little Easy E will be joining us. So make sure you check us out next Thursday. Special time next Thursday. And Friday, a lot of you guys are going to be headed off to various destinations. Labor Day weekend coming up, so a lot of you guys are going to be traveling and, 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 and having a good old time, wherever you go. Maybe you go to the beach, maybe you have a barbecue or go to cookouts. I don't know, but, you know, we're definitely going to be here next Thursday, and Little Easy will be joining us. So that that should be – he's a big 49ers fan. A big time Forty Niners fan. So we're and he also played with Richard Sherman and Jerron and, and Johnson, two NFL guys. So, well, that that should be fun. And you know, obviously, we'll ask him a little bit about Straight Out Compton. Crazy, great movie, great movie. You know what I mean? I mean, a great story. You know, it's a, a, a truly an amazing story. Truly an amazing story. Guys who may have started from the bottom and made it to the top. And now, you know, there's a we're we're talking about it, we're celebrating what they did and what they accomplished. And they accomplished big things. But we're gonna bring in a guy now who, you know, is doing big things on, on Tyler Perry's hit show, the haves and the have nots. You know, that's a big-time show. That's a show that's getting a lot, a lot of a lot of airplay, 
A lot of people talking about it. You know, a lot of people celebrating the show. Tyler Perry, man, everything this man touches somehow, some way, turns to gold, and he's doing big things. We're going to bring in a guy now who was a part of that. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and The Have Nots, the one, the only, Medina Islam. Medina, how are you, man? How you doing, Sam? How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You play the role of Quincy on the haves and the have-nots. Quincy crazy. <laughs> hey, you know. Tell us about you know, him. Depends on how you look at it, you know. I think uh, when you're from where Quincy's from and you've been through what Quincy's been through, you know, you might look at it a little differently. You know, on the street, it's a little different. It's about honor and about there's a code, you know. So Quincy lives by the code. Sure, he has sure. his consequence, you know, so he represents consequence. You don't act like Quincy in real life, do you, man? <laughs> well, I mean, I come from the same environment Quincy comes from, okay. so, you know, I'm uh, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, so I got a little, everybody got, I think everybody got a little Quincy in them if you push them, you know, but okay. Quincy's honest, you know, to me, so what I, what I, uh, gravitate towards is, is, is true and honesty. Like, he's a little extreme. But for me, you know, most people in, 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 in real life wear the mask. And so Quincy likes to rip off the mask and be for real. Sure. And he's, uh, for sure. But he just for goes sure. real. <laughs> he has an extreme way of going about it. <laughs> he's been ripping that mask off for a while now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, but, you know, Quincy's mild where I'm from, you know. <laughs> There's a Quincy everywhere. For sure, for sure. Last time we saw Quincy, he was in the car accident, got banged up a little bit. He found a way to slide away. He, he, we saw him walking through the hospital. We got three mm-hmm. episodes left. We expect something big from Quincy. All I can say is, you know, stay tuned and expect the unexpected. Anything is possible, you know. Tyler okay. Perry is such a genius, you know, so the have and have nots is, is just like you can't you can't assume nothing. And that's why I enjoy playing the role of Quincy. We're talking to one of the stars of the has and the, the has and the have not, excuse me, Medina Islam and I gotta ask you this now. You talked about Tyler Perry and everything Tyler Perry seems to touch turns to gold. What's it like being on set with him? I mean when you're dealing with a man of that that status and that level, it's it's a privilege to be um, anything that's remotely involved with Tyler Perry. He's he's a special uh, a man. He's he's very very gifted at what he does. And what I what I admire about him the most is he has a big 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 heart and a great vision. And people that can put a big heart and a great vision together, they pretty usually have success. But he he has it in abundance. So a lot of people don't understand how how special a man that can do that at a high level. He works so hard, and he humbles me and everybody around him because when you see a man at that level working so, so hard, he's out, he's out working everybody on, on the set. So it kind of inspires you to say, well, you know, what am I complaining about? You know, this man got so many going on. And he does it at such a high level, and he does it so so brilliantly that, you know, 
I can do nothing but tip my hat to him because he's, he's he's awesome, you know. Right, right. He's a visionary, and I think he's ahead of his time. Okay, okay. So, like you said, you, you know, you're you're in awe of him. You're you're humbled by being on set with him. What's your takeaway? What do you take away from being on set with Tyler Perry? What's your takeaway that you can use moving forward? I mean, a lot of people look at it, you know what I'm saying, the flashing lights, the camera, the TV. But what I take away from, from working with uh, Tyler Perry is, as a, as a boss, is work ethic. You know, a lot of people do very much less than a man like that and complain more. And so he's an individual that you can learn a lot from because of his work ethic. And so I do no complaining <laughs> because <laughs> when you got somebody that's an example like that and so humble and then such so able to actually pull the best out of people, mm-hmm. and it, it, it does something to you. So I take that everywhere I go. I mean, him... Um, the Oprah Winfrey Network, everything about the situation with working with giants like Oprah and Tyler Perry is a blessing because I know people just that have done like a fraction of what they've done and they've acted like they've done something, you know, above and beyond where these people have, have, they're like multimedia giants and they're so, 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 so relatable, um, humble, and they pull the best out of you. So I admire anybody that can do that. And he's definitely somebody that I I look up to. We're talking to one of the stars of the haves and the have-nots, Medina Islam. And i got to ask you this now, man. I mean, you're doing big things with the haves and the have-nots, but you also have done big things in the music world. You've done some ghostwriting for a lot of artists out yes. there. You care to yes, mention sir. any of those artists? Well, you know, I get paid to, I get paid more not to, so I'm not a fool, man. I mean, I respect anybody's grind and anybody, but I, you know, I know the game, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, I've ghostwritten for a lot of people, and, you know, now we're in an environment where now, because of social media, uh, everybody's aware of the process now. So the Meek Mill, Drake thing, I think that was kind of good. I'm, I'm, you know, what, whichever side you're on, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just happy that people are able, because of social media, to find out what the process is. And so people okay. are acting stunned about ghostwriters, but it's been happening since the beginning of the industry. So For sure. it's, not really a, it's not really a big deal if you're in the, in the know. But, like, when you thought that your favorite was doing it all by himself, <laughs> I guess it could <laughs> disappoint you. <laughs> but you got to understand, it's like you got you to gotta give these people – some slack, you know, because the people at that level, they're getting pulled in so many different directions. It's not that they don't mm-hmm. have the talent. It's it's just simply time. So time okay. management is very, very, very hard to do when, you know, when you're a top 40 icon, you know, like a Drake or even like a Meek or anybody like that. But I respect, I come from uh, the East Coast, so I respect people that are sick with the pen. And so that's what I came up on. So I just, you know, I can't imagine me ever having a ghostwriter, but I can't disrespect (laughs) somebody because they do. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And and I think, I mean, to put it simply, you know, Whitney Houston didn't write The Greatest Love of All. 
You know what I'm saying? So right, it's, exactly. It's, but you're not going to say she's not the dopest singer ever, you know, right. because of that. So, I mean, I think hip-hop gets a, a bad rap sometimes because, like you just said, in the R&B world, that's known. That's actually expected to have three or four writers in a room trying to write the biggest record they can ever write. And that's that's to be commended. But in the rap sector, I think what it really is is because you have young black males getting so much money. And, you know, R&B is not selling as much as hip-hop nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so not, a lot of people are resentful because they don't look at hip-hop as an art form. And, 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 and that's, that's the problem that I have is hip-hop is probably harder um, than a lot of uh, even, even the R&B side in singing. I've worked with a lot of R&B artists and a lot of hip-hop artists, and you think that they're just getting up here freestyling, just spitting in the booth, but there's a, there's, there's a gift that's in there. I mean, you look at a Jay-Z you look at a Kanye or even a Drake and then ask an R&B artist to do that. They can't. <laughs> they can't do what Drake does. I don't care if you can sing in key. I don't care if you can do all that. That's to be commended. But you get somebody from uh, the R&B world to try and duplicate what Jay-Z does. They can't. Right. And somebody can also say, well, okay, well, Jay-Z can't sing like Mariah Carey. That may be true, but in my experience, it's a lot harder to do what, what, what hip-hop people do because a lot of the stuff, it's not, it's not tangible. You know, it's, you got to be in the pocket. You got to just understand and you got to, it's a space of mind. It's, it's, it's a feeling, you know, and a lot of times R&B artists are trained with technique. But what hip-hop does, I'm so glad, like, Straight Outta Compton, that's, like, one of my favorite movies right now. What it shows the mainstream level is, like, rap is definitely an art form that, has been misunderstood. You have to be above and beyond. And NWA was one of the greatest groups ever. For sure. But they didn't understand how much of a genius Ice Cube was until they saw the film and all the writing that he was doing and all the things that the group was doing. He's a genius. But, you know, that's 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 my take on it. But no disrespect to any R&B singers. They're amazing. I love, I love the best of the best of them, too. But... I think if people can understand that that hip hop is more than just beats and rhymes and just getting in there and just freestyling, it's really like take the best freestyler, he can't write a song. But then you take a Drake or you take um, a Wayne or a Kanye, these people are amazing at song structure. Amazing. So you can't you can't really cheapen that by saying because they had you know, something else going on, because a lot of these people, if you could sit in a studio with them, like I've been able to, then you understand what their genius is. But if you're just looking on Twitter and, and, and media takeout, you're not really seeing what the gift is. For sure, for sure. Let me ask you this now. I mean, like you said, you've done some ghostwriting over the years. Who's, yeah. the, who's the greatest rapper of all time? <laughs> It depends where you, where, you, where you going with this. I mean, you, I mean, of all time, that's a tough question, man. I mean, I have my favorites, but we're living in a different era right now. But for me personally, um, my all-time favorites are the people like LL Cool J, Rakim, you know, okay. and, and people like that. Because it's not so much, you know, you can go bar for bar, you know, and I like um, Drake and I like... Wayne, and I, I understand what their genius is, but people like Ice Cube and LL, to do it at the time that they did it, 
it's almost like comparing LeBron to to Michael Jordan. You know, like Michael Jordan is my favorite of all time, right? Mm-hmm. And yo, LeBron puts up numbers and does all these things, but you got to understand the era that Michael did it in. A lot of these things didn't exist. There was no Twitter back when uh, <laughs> you know Michael Jordan was around, or back when um, some of your some of my favorite like the Rock Kims. So they were able to do. I mean, NWA went platinum in six weeks with no airplay. You know. Right. And so they didn't have the luxury of having all this social media. Now, the, the, as far as the new people are concerned, now, now I've been able to work with both. Now, I really like, um, I really like Kendrick. I really, okay. really, really like what he's doing. I like uh, Most Def. I like Talib Kweli. You know, I like anybody that really, really takes pride in, in, in creating songs and not just, you know, not just bars. But they have both. Okay. So do you so have I'm a, a fan of that? No, I mean, hip hop is competitive, so you're always going to personally feel like, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron. And I mean, the way rappers feel, they always feel like they're the best, you know. But I've learned from the best. So for me, my all time, if I had to pick one, Karis one. Okay, all right, all right, Karis that's fair. One. Maybe at some point, six milli. I mean, I, you know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I mean, I'm, you know, you know how you hear people, they talk real modest and they really talk all humble. Like, that's not hip-hop to me, you know. Hip-hop, okay. you can say that politics and all that, you know, but hip-hop is like boxing. You know, you have to believe in yourself. And if you're not the dude that thinks you're the one, then this ain't for you. So everybody sure. thinks they're number one, you know, so you got to believe like that. So that's why you can't really disrespect somebody because they think that they're the best. It's like prove it, you know, and For only sure. time will tell. You know, I love Eminem. I love Jay-Z. And I love everything that they bring to the table. And I love, you know, what's popping right now. But I honestly think that um, hip-hop's only hit the tip of the iceberg because there has to be, there's more than, there's, we can go higher, you know? Okay. We can go That's higher. Fair. That's fair. We're talking to one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have-Nots. Make sure you check it out each and every Tuesday, <laughs> Temptation Tuesday on OWN, 9 p.m. Eastern on OWN. Let me ask you this now. You talked about Quincy and what his his background and some of the things he had to overcome. You overcome a lot to get to this point, man. I read a story where your mother kidnapped you and, and even tried to sell your then 10-year-old brother. I mean, what was that like, man? Yeah, it was, it was my younger brother. I was I was 10, but uh, okay, that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she, um, you know, my mother, you know, suffered from schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia. And so she would she would do a lot of things when I was a young uh, young boy, and unfortunately because of the chemical imbalance and because of um, all these things going on in her life, it caused her to to do some extreme crazy things. So I grew up seeing a lot. I I grew up you know on the street, on and off the street, sleeping in shelters, sleeping in abandoned buildings because she would hear voices. And so for me, you know, I've lived a very very um, interesting life. But it taught me to be very grateful, you know, and there was a point in time when I hated my mother because of this and because of my father, you know, my father was around and he helped me uh, never speak evil of my mother. 
and he helped me understand that when people um, are not lucky enough to get help or lucky enough to um, to, to shake, shake those demons, you know, some people just are unfortunate. So my mother, she did try to sell my, my brother, and she was committed to a mental institution. And so for a lot of people, that could be a stumbling block or a traumatic experience that gives you a, you know, gives you an excuse to live a victimized life. But for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to help other people. So playing someone like Quincy, I, I'm very familiar with because okay. I know what that looks like. You know, so that was one of the reasons why I, I, um, I'm blessed to do, uh, to do this, you know, and to, and to act and to express myself through, through TV and film because, you know, actors, um, we fall in love with telling the truth. You know, and it's, you find out in real life, most people fall in love with telling a lie. <laughs> so so the actors true. are always the ones seeking the truth. And so because I've lived a real life and I've had real um, experiences, it's actually um, blessed me in, in a lot of creative ways through music and through acting. Now, now have have you uh, reconnected with your mother and your family no, and I everything? Never, no, no. Never? Okay. No, she Is left she still alive? I don't know. Okay. My mother, okay. when I was, when she, when, after she did this and she went through what she went through, when I was 10, I never saw her again. So I don't know if she's alive or dead. Okay. And so is there the unanswered question. Right. Is, is there a part of you that would like to reconnect? No, no. I always ask that question, and I always get asked that question. <laughs> and to be quite honestly with you, sir, no. Um, there's no um, remorse or no hatred. You go through that stage, and that's why I tell people all the time, because I know a lot of people go through a lot of things. And I've been blessed enough to help other people in, um, in my life, you know, and steer them in the right direction. Or um, I've been blessed to actually help people from taking their own life. And when I was on the street and when I was doing a lot of street stuff and doing a lot of legal stuff, that was a response and that was an effect of me taking a victimized approach of my life and look what was done okay. to me. But at my lowest point, I was suicidal and I had a nine millimeter in my mouth and I was about to blow my brains out. Okay. And so I've, I've written songs about it, you know what I'm saying? You can find them on, you know, YouTube or whatever. And so what got me going in the music industry was that I was so raw about my childhood and about my upbringing, about my life. And when I tell people that is suicidal people tend to be the most arrogant people is because their favorite words are I, me, and mine. And so at mm -hmm. my lowest point, I was only looking at my struggle, my life. Well, look at what you did to me. My, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. It's very selfish because you don't think about the people that love you. You don't think about the people that you're causing pain to. So, when I came out of that situation of, 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 of having a gun in my mouth about to take my own life, um, God spared my life, I believe. And so part of my debt to repay is helping other people. And so, like, I genuinely understand what it's like to go crazy. You know, I genuinely understand what it's like to be feel like nobody's paying attention and you're not heard. And that's what goes on in the ghetto. That's what goes on in the street. That's what goes on in this life, this real life that we're living is you feel like don't nobody give about you. And so for mm -hmm. me, I've always been a person because of my upbringing, because of the traumatic, the trauma and all the, all the bullshit that I've seen. I've always gave about the people that nobody cares about. 
And because of that, that's why I, I love to see people like uh, Mr. Perry do what he does, you know, self-contained, self-sufficient. You know, it's very empowering. You know, I've read, I've read things on he's made more black millionaires himself in ho- than Hollywood combined. You know, and so when you do things like that, man, you know, that's that's my dream is to help as many people um, that otherwise may not get help. For and sure. one of the biggest things coming through anything that you've been through is making excuses as if, why me? You know, a lot of that stuff, when you overcome the um, the trauma of what you go through, then you got to understand why it happened. And a lot of that stuff that happened in my life was only so I could help other people because I persevered. Right. Definitely. I mean, most people who went through the things that you went through are either dead or in jail. Yeah, so, I, mean, I should a, be dead, and I know that. I'm, right. I'm, I'm very right. – I, I don't have a fear of loss, and I don't have a fear of dying, and maybe that's why I, I, I love acting and love the art so much is because when you overcome your fear of loss – then you can get into the sweet spot of, of, of your gift. But a lot of people out there, and maybe some of your listeners, maybe they're thinking, you know, they want to do the same thing, but then they got all these buts going on. But I can't, but I'm, but I'm this, but I'm that, but it's too late. And I'm just here to, I just think that my success and my rise has to do with um, somebody that represents uh, somebody that can do it regardless of any circumstance. And so I cut out, like, I always liken it, not my situation, but when Obama uh, became president, now you don't get the luxury of saying can't anymore. Anything is possible. And so because of that, now more is expected of you. And so for me, I like to be around people that demand more of me. You know, Mr. Perry demands the best. Mrs. Winfrey, Oprah, she demands the best. You know, if you play sports. You're expected to do the best, but you can't cheapen that just because of your experience and say, well, you know, at least I'm trying. No, excellence is, is mandatory right now. And where we're going, that's why I was telling you earlier about hip-hop, because excellence is not the criteria yet. It will be. Um, that's why you have all these, 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 these bullshit beats, you know, but we have to change the criteria in, in TV and film and in music to excellence. Because once you get to that point of that's the standard and not being able to say like in music, you just say, yo, that's my style. That's how I get down. Well, your style might not be good. <laughs> it might not be good. You, can't, you don't get the creative license just saying that's your style so, so people won't scrutinize you. A lot of people are just not good. And it's okay. Right. But I admire about in, let's say, like uh, in the singing world, you know, if you go out of key, people will tell you that you're you're off, you're wrong, you know? And because there's a criteria, there's a standard. You have to be at a certain place, and that's considered good singing. But in rap, we have to get to the same place, and we have to establish a standard. And that's why I love acting so much, because there is a standard that you have to be, and people can measure that and say, oh, no, that's a good actor. No, that's a bad actor. <laughs> and so I like, I like, um, I like, things that where you can, can be measured. And so, like, you know, the Olympics are coming next year. They measure you on time, right? And if your right. time is not good enough, then you don't get picked. And you don't win. <laughs> so For hip-hop sure. has to be measured. 
you know, you can't measure it just by sales because we already know they bullshit and they tricking the system and people are getting sales and having platinum parties and they, they didn't even go gold and all this type stuff. And that that's okay. Do what you do in your marketing. But at some point, you're really going to have to be what you say you are. And so the people that call, I always get people coming up to me and they say, I'm so proud of you and I heard your story and blah, blah, blah. And I never want people to feel sorry for me. I want people to feel inspired because it's really, it's really my story is your story. Like, so if a Medina makes it and he's doing this, you're thinking that you need to have all these agents and all this help and all these hookups. And what I represent is somebody that overcame everything. So now what's your excuse? And so it's not about glorifying Medina and what he's been able to do or anybody like Medina. It's about what's your excuse because the only thing that's keeping you from accomplishing your dream is excuses. It's not too late. Too late. I don't care if you have five kids, four baby mamas. I don't care if you've been rapping for 10 years. I don't care if nobody believes in you. It's not. I slept on the street. I slept on park benches. You know, I was suicidal. I had a gun in my mouth, about to kill myself. I had a mother that tried to sell my brother, and I slept in abandoned buildings because she was hearing voices. And so all these things I could have used for excuses to fail. But what saved my life, to be honest with you, was boxing and was music and was acting. Um, I started out in music and boxing, and that discipline that I got from boxing Eliminated excuses. And so I, I, I use that work ethic. That's why I, I admire Mr. Perry so much is because he doesn't allow excuses to stop his growth. He doesn't care what you say. He doesn't care anything. All he wants to do is get his vision out, and I want to support anybody like that that has a vision. If you ain't got no vision, I can't rock with you. <laughs> but a lot of people have no vision because they have all these things that they think are in their way of their vision. But when you get your vision, what I've learned about being around some of these most inspirational people that I, that anybody could ever meet is they're not distracted. They have a vision and they don't expect you to agree with the vision. They expect you to actually just fall in line. Right. So I, I, I love, yeah, I love that, you know, and, and people that don't compromise their vision. I love that the whole world, is going to say you're crazy when you get a vision, but most of these people, once they get a vision, they want people to agree with them because they're seeking validation. And that's the mm. biggest problem why people are so unsuccessful in accomplishing their dreams, I believe, is because they're seeking the validation. But once you get your vision, it's your responsibility to carry out. It's not everybody else's to see it because you don't, the problem is you don't believe it. If God gives you a vision, that's between you and God. Now it's on you to carry it out. Definitely. At the end of the it's day. not for your homeboys and your mama to see the vision <laughs> and then agree with you and then say, okay, baby, you can do it. <laughs> no, you got it. You got it. And that's why I love the character, Quincy, and that's why I love it so much. Not because of so much the crazy things he does, but because he doesn't allow anything to deter from his vision. And, yeah, right. that's an extreme side. But what, we're, what, what I believe is... Sometimes that's what's required, not necessarily in his circumstance, but in life. You've got to be extreme. When you get a vision and you believe in something that you, you're about, 
you gotta you gotta ride it till the wheels fall off, man. Y'all 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 get distracted and you're trying to do ten different things, ten different ways <laughs> because you're just trying to get rich. You know, like you gotta stop that. You gotta master something and just die on on what you believe in. Definitely, so that's where Definitely. I come from. You talked about boxing, so I'm yes. assuming you're a big boxing guy. Mayweather, yes. Birdo, is that going to be an easy Mayweather win? I mean, I'm a Mayweather fan, so that's just what it is for me. I'll just keep it real simple for that. Mayweather okay. is excellent in his preparation, in his everything. And I don't care what anybody feels about him personally. I love his work ethic because, you know, I know some people in his camp and I know um, people get to watch him on TV and they see, you know, his persona. But at the end of the day, it comes down to whoever works the hardest wins. And he works That's the hardest. You know, anybody at that level, you can't get that level just fluffing and just talking shit. You're going to get exposed eventually. But apparently, <laughs> it's more than just hot air. And he, he he's he's a master at what he does. So love him or hate him, you gotta respect him. And I love that. Definitely. A lot of people don't Definitely. love me. A lot of people don't love Quincy. But you're gonna <laughs> respect him. <laughs> he's crazy, so I gotta respect him. Oh, yeah, you, gotta you gotta respect, respect the crazy. Yeah, man, the crazy the crazy crazy dude wins every time because you got you know you got it's it's a it's a threat. And a lot of people, you know, whether you believe whatever you believe as far as his his morale and everything, but at the end of the day, when you get people to respect you, whether it's out, out of fear or whatever, they got to think twice. And that's all. That's all I, you know, that's my get down. Just <laughs> think twice. We got the haves and the have-nots with you. You got, uh, you know, you're doing the ghostwriting and everything. What else right. is in the fire? What else you got coming? Uh, it's a big year for me. I got a lot of things, of course, that I can't speak of, but a lot of things right. that are happening for me. Um, but it's going to be more music, um, and, and just expect expect the unexpected, is what I'll say. But I'm very, very blessed. Uh, my future is, you know, I'm, I'm actually, if I wasn't prepared for this, I'd be overwhelmed. But but every day um, that I get to work um, and prepare, just like a boxer. Just like an athlete, it, it's helping me um, 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 maintain my sanity. I just like to work, and I like to work hard, and I like to prepare. So I have a thousand things going on for 2016 and, and, and the rest of this year. Um, but at the appropriate time, I'll speak on it. <laughs> 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 to put it, put it bluntly. Uh, three episodes left, as we said earlier. Right. For the haves and the have-nots. Season finale coming up soon. I know you can't go into specifics, right. but should we expect a big-time conclusion to this season? I'm saying if you miss any of these episodes, shame on you. Like, this is something that you can't miss. So all I can say is expect the unexpected and, and put your seatbelt on, you know. <laughs> it's nothing – the mind of Mr. Perry is, is amazing. So I just say stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay. Seatbelts on. You think, yeah, seatbelts seat on, man. You, you don't miss one episode. Okay, seatbelts on. I'm buckled up, and, you know, I'm ready for landing. 
So it should be exciting <laughs> as the have yeah, and the have nots comes to a conclusion for this season. Fans, make sure you check it out each and every Tuesday on own. The haves and the have nots. And check out this man, Medina Islam, Quincy from the haves and the have nots. Also, hit him up on Twitter at I am six Millie. Also, hit him up on his website at I am Medina dot com. Support all the great things going on with Medina Islam. Medina was a pleasure, man. Wish you nothing I but the best moving Paul. forward. Let's do Thank it again. You, I appreciate it. Yes, no sir. No problem. Medina Islam, one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves in the Have. Not. You're listening to Go Forward on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That just doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, Tom. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it. BlockTalkRadio.com. Paul Gain here. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. We're bringing a guy now. Uh, you know, straight out of Compton. In theaters now. Doing some big things. A lot of people are talking about it. More importantly for this man, a lot of people are going out and seeing it. And, you know, who can resist? I mean, the reality is, I mean, you know, back in the day, NWA, man, they, they, they laid it down, and they have a legacy, and they're big time. And uh, obviously, you know, if you grew up in that area, that era, I should say, you know, obviously you, you're you're excited. You know, it kind of takes you back, uh, you know, so hearing some of the great hits and just seeing the story of NWA. We're going to bring in a guy now who's a part of it. He plays uh, DOC in that movie. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton, Actor Marlon Yates Jr. Marlon, hello. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, man? Appreciate you for having me. Doing well. Me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Two weeks in theaters. Yeah. Two weeks of being the best-selling film. Talk about the love being shown to Straight Outta Compton. Uh, it's beautiful, man. You know, it might it might be going on three weeks actually. Okay. Update. Uh, Today, you know, we beating out Zach Efron for the third week. You know, hopefully we do that. You know, um, just a blessing, man. You know, shout to FJ Griffin, my first opportunity in the making picture, man. And I'm just on a high right now. I'm just living. Obviously, a huge build up to this movie. Did you expect this type of success for this particular film? Oh yeah, I was. I was just to be honest. I was just excited just to be a part of it. Just to be shooting a movie, I didn't even think about like the, the outcome of it. But the fact that it's the number one movie in the, in the world right now, man, it's just amazing. It's just crazy. For sure. 
You're still kicking yourself right now, huh? Oh, yeah, man. I'm out here eating french, I'm out, I'm eating french fries right now as we speak. It's wild. <laughs> dipping my french fries yeah, and check out. <laughs> You're a Los Angeles guy, and so obviously being a part of this film, obviously it's your first opportunity to be out there. But also, you know, NWA, you know, you, you knew NWA. You're a lo- You're from Los Angeles. Is this one of the best things that ever happened to you, being a part of this movie, man, and and, and being a part of NWA? You know, it's crazy. Like, I'm a little too young to understand, like, the whole NWA movement. But, I mean, I knew who NWA was, obviously. I mean, if you if you didn't, you were probably living under a rock or in a bubble. But um, <laughs> just learning just, just learning the whole experience, like, how they – how they got down and what they did and what they went against and the the naysayers that, you know, tried to, you know, prevent them from being great. And um, just being a part of that whole movie, man, like, it's just, it's kind of like, it's, it's surreal to me, to be honest, man. It's like, wow, these dudes are like rock stars at 19 years old coming from the ghetto. And that's where I come from. I come from the hood. So, you know, just being a part of it was like, damn, this is crazy. I didn't know there was going to be a hundred million dollars worth, worth of craziness, though, but she. No. <laughs> Do you see a possible Oscar nomination for for somebody in this film, or even as Gary Gray? You know, you know, it's funny. I told my boy Easy, my boy Jason, that played Easy. Um, I told him like we were shoot. This is the time we were, at the time we were shooting the movie. We were sitting in the hotel, like at a bar, having a drink or whatever. And I was like, Yo, Jay, yo, your character got so much meat, dog. Like, if you approach this shit right, you can really like possibly get nominated for an Oscar, you know what I'm saying? He was like, me and him was sitting there, we was laughing and talking, and he, like, shed a tear. He was like, word? I'm like, yo, word. And they're like, make that, make it happen. And if, if if we don't, then it's crazy, but I think we should. If not, that's a problem. It's a problem of Hollywood. So. <laughs> we were talking to one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton, Marlon Yates Jr. And Marlon, you play D.O.C., Tell us about the role of DOC and his relation to NWA. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I went out for the uh, role of DOC. I, I originally went out for the uh, role of Dr. Dre, and um, the director told me he was like, "Ah, man, you know, you had a great read, but you might be a little too handsome for Dr. Dre right now, man." But so I got the call maybe a month and a half later from Universal. They wanted me to come in for the DOC. I had no idea who the DLC was. I'm like, who is the Okay. I heard the name the Doc, but when I heard Doc, I thought they were talking about Dr. Dre. And um so when I got the call, man, I, I you know, I did my research and, you know, looked them up. I had to come in and do like a, a three minute monologue with all the guys that they already cast as far as Jason Mitchell and o, uh O'Shea, um, Corey Hawkins and um I think it was yeah, it was, it was the dude that they casted as far as like DJ Yella, Neil, Neil Brown. And I did the chemistry okay. with them guys, kind of the director and everybody. And um, I walked out, and dudes were like, yo, I think you might have got the part just off that right there. Son. I walked out, okay. like, hopefully, so I waited for like two and a half weeks, and I got a text from the, from the director, like, yo, congratulations. We're waiting for the studio to okay you. And uh, so when I got the call, man, you know, they told me to learn the song, the formula. But due to legal rights, the movie, I mean, his music couldn't get released or something like that. Okay. Under but yeah, man, it was just like it was a great experience. To be honest, it was just honestly one of the best times of my life, man. So when you, when you got the call, do. yeah, for sure. When you got the call, what did you do? As soon as I got the call, I was actually walking into a yoga class. I do yoga every morning. So as soon as okay. I got the call, I was like, "Yo, get out of here!" They're like, 
Actually, he didn't call me. He texted me, and I called okay. him. He was like, yo, congrats, man. The studio should be calling your people in the second. So I was on. I was like, whoa, I was in yoga. I kept. I had my phone right next to my mat in yoga, looking at the phone like, yo, are they going to call me? Are they going to call you? And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, man, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, dude, to be honest, man. Uh, you can hear it in your voice, man. You're just, you're in awe of the situation. Yeah, it is. I am very in awe. It's unbelievable. Now, now, did you meet the DLC? Yeah, the DLC came on set a couple of times. We laughed about certain scenes we saw. Okay. He was like, you know, it's funny because the director was talking to me. And the, the, I was talking to, to the DOC one day, and F.J. Gray came up to us. He was like, how y'all liking the movie, man? I was like, man, I'm having a blast. I don't care what's going on. I'm having, I'm having a good time. And the, and the director was like, yeah, man, and we had to take more than a couple of scenes, man, because this nigga too handsome, man. He got to get him out. He's still, he's still in the way. He's still in the scene. It's like we can't have just a handsome motherfucker just sitting in the scene. I'm, I'm not. I'm, am I allowed to curse on your radio network? No. If it happens, it happens. Uh, he was just like, yeah, man. And so the DLC was like, yo, man, that's how it was back in the day, man. You know, we got to keep it real. We're doing a real movie, right? Let's keep it real, baby. Don't take me out. It was just, it was like one of those, like, and that's just, I'm sitting here in all like that. This is crazy. I'm sitting here with a legend, two legends, two legends actually, and they just giving me game on how to approach. I, I know he's. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I know he's having some issues with his voice. Did you notice any of that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy because in a movie, we had. We, I mean, I talk like that. Probably in a, a director's cut, you probably see it in the director's cut. I guess in the main in in, uh, in the movie that's out now. Um, that's going around, going around the world. Certain scenes they probably took out with the voice or whatever. I had to talk with like a little certain rasp. It's crazy because I had to talk. Me and Dr. Dre sat aside on the set one day, and we were just talking in the doc's voice for like maybe <laughs> 10 minutes. And me and Dr. Dre wow. sitting there talking to the doc. I'm like, yo, this is crazy, yo. <laughs> uh, Dr. Dre had no idea I was actually having a fan moment. Like, I'm actually practicing the scene, but in my head, I'm like, Doc, Doc yo, Dre, yo, you want to take a picture or something, man? want to take a <laughs> selfie or something? Let's do a selfie right now, man. <laughs> but, yeah, just that whole experience, man, was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it, like you said, I mean, you, you were in awe of Dr. Dre. You wanted his autograph. You wanted to take pictures, all that great stuff. You were on the set with Dre, Cube. I mean, legends, man, of the West Coast rap game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you 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 can hear it in your voice, man. Like it, it's you're like this is crazy. Like it's almost like you're dreaming. Yeah, for real, it was man. It was man, man. I was man. It's crazy, dude. You know, I was sitting in a passenger van. We was going from set to set, and Cube hopped in the passenger van with us. And Cube sat right next to me. He was like, "Yeah, man." He said, "Y'all doing a good job, man. I'm I'm proud of y'all, man. You know." The way we casted this movie, we wanted to get all fresh new faces and, you know, dudes that came from different walks of life because that's how we are. That's how we were as NWA. And, um, and the fact that it, it's happening the way it's happening, man, and it's just it's, it's crazy, dude. It's super crazy. <laughs> we're talking to one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton, Marlon Yates Jr. Um, let me, you see Shook Knight at all? You know, it's crazy. Suge Knight never came to set. I mean, what happened on the set, what happened with the Suge Knight situation, that wasn't a part of the movie. That was a part of a promotional thing. 
They were doing for okay. the Grammys or something. Yeah, most okay. people think it happened on the movie set, and I'm like, nah, that was that was like, a, like the movie was already wrapped at the time. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Nah, but yeah, but they had you know they had that they had the set kind of like locked down. They had a dude named Cleveland Sloan. I mean, you probably know the dude that got ran over actually, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he was a gang wrangler for the whole set, so he made made sure who was allowed to come on this joint that wasn't allowed. Okay. So yeah, it okay. Was, it was kind of like tight. You really had right. to have some, you know, either you had to be the police to get on that joint or you just was like, whatever, I'm about to just try to show up. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's switch gears to football, man. I, I, I hear you're a Cowboys fan. I'm a lifelong Eagles fan myself, so, you know, we don't necessarily oh, man, get along. Oh, we got to get you out of here, man. <laughs> we necessarily don't get along. Um, you know, DeMarco <laughs> Mary, he's off yeah. in Philly. Orlando mm-hmm. Skandrick, he's out for the year. I mean, as yeah. a whole, are you happy? You happy with the Cowboys at this point? Man, we got Romo, man. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. We are. Right. We got Romo and Bryant. We got Sean Lee back. We got uh, your boy Bruce Carter on the outside. We got uh, McClain. I think we got McClain on the outside. We got yeah, we nice right now. We got a couple. Our D line looks strong. We be alright. You know, as long as, long as Romo, you know, holds holds the kick right, you know, we be cool, man. Okay. You guys gonna win the NFC East? I hope. I can't believe right. we gave up Demarco Murray though, but we all right. We got a great offensive line. Okay. We'll see. Right. We'll see what Dunbar does. Or Randall. So, so Super Bowl. I hope. Trust me. I'm praying <laughs> on it, right? Okay. Because <laughs> if Demarco get there, if Chip Kelly get there with Demarco, I'm a, I'm a actually I might jump off this building. Right <laughs> I hope it happens. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you want me to jump? Then? <laughs> if you go jump, if the Eagles and Demarco go to the Super Bowl, man, charge it to the oh, game. My. <laughs> oh my God, that's ridiculous! Y'all, y'all have no defense though, so I ain't worried about y'all. Y'all don't get. Well, defense has improved. I have to put up eighty points again. Defense has improved. Oh, improved. Man. Man. We'll You'll see. see. You'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go back to NWA for a moment. Who was your favorite? Who was your favorite member growing up? I always thought Ice Cube was the best, but who was who was the best uh, to you, in your opinion? Um, well, just you know, learning the whole NWA experience, like being a part of it. Um, I'm not love Cube. You know, Cube was like a he's a, he was an outlaw. He went against the grain. He he was smart, I like Cube in that aspect. But as far as like just being a part of the movie, just learning the whole. Easy E story. I like Easy because he was just like a. He was just like, no disrespect, but he was like, mommy, you know, like whatever. I'm out here. I'm, I'm a okay. Yeah, but between Easy and Q, bro, you know, it's a yeah. Yeah, Q right. was like, you know, he was that guy that was like, he 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 go against the grain. For sure. Pretty cool, man. Yeah. We got to get a little game. We got to play. How well mm-hmm. do you know NWA lyrics? So, uh, name that NWA song we're going to play. You ready to play? I'm going. I'm going to say the song. I'm going to give you three choices. Um, excuse me. I'm going to read the lyrics from the song. I'm going to give you three mm-hmm. choices, and you got to choose what song is it based off the lyrics. Right, let's do it. You ready to play? Let's do it. Okay. Here we go. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in the benzo? Is that dope, man? Is that F the police, or is that straight out of Compton? 
Damn. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> is it straight out of Compton? I'm going straight out of Compton. Ah. After police. After police. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is after police. I'm tripping. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Next one. Next one. First one you <laughs> missed. Next one. Next one. Ain't no telling when I'm down for a jack move. Here's a murder rat to keep you dancing with a crime like I like Charles Manson. Is it eight ball? Is it express yourself or is it straight out of Compton? Man, this is crazy. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with express yourself. <laughs> you said express yourself? Nah. Yeah, I'm going to go with express yourself. You said express yourself. Let's see. Awful. Nope. Straight out of Compton. Oh, out of two. Oh, out of two. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. And they'll get you for your money, son. Next thing you know, you're getting their hair and their nails done. Is it I ain't the one? Is it dope man? Or is it express yourself? Damn. Um, dope. Dope man. Uh, I'm gonna go dope man to be honest. You said dope man. Yeah. Okay. You said dope man. Let's see. Let's see if you. Dope. Let's dope see if you man. got it right. Dope man. Dope man. Wrong. I ain't the one. I figured it was that, man. I, look, man, I'm terrible. Yo, you know nothing about that WA. I know. Actually, I, I really don't. That's just crazy. I really have no idea. Right. I, I've learned during the movie, like during the movie, like during the movie, I was like learning. I was sitting there. I was sitting with Paul Giamatti. We was like looking at a certain scene they were shooting when they were doing a fuck police scene. And me and Paul Giamatti was sitting to the side like, yo, these guys are like rock stars at, the, at 18 years old. And I was like, yo, they are, dude. This is crazy. And then we had to run off. And then when we ran off stage, it was like, yo, this is like, whoa. That was the funniest scene in the movie, though, for me. Because one of the guys, DJ Yellow, he had these stilts in his shoot. He couldn't run properly. So he had to run weird. And we had to, like, slow down so we didn't leave him. And, uh, yeah. Crazy, so- man. Obviously, you're doing big things. So you, you got down with NWA more so. Well, after NWA, you got down with, like, what? The Chronic was the first album that you really got down with those guys? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the song. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Like, as far as NWA, I know the song. It's one song I know that sticks in my head. It's an easy, easy story. He said, sitting on the corner just slinging rocks. Oh, yeah, he's coming to cricket ass house. So I dash. I dash. Hot behind the tree. <laughs> Okay. Don't see me. That's the only song I know as a kid growing cool. up. You okay. know, so I mean, but I know Dre. I know Dre like Chronic album. I know that. I know that for sure. Right. I can probably cite that whole album verbatim. But as far as like the NWA music, I mean, I was I was like two years old at the time when they was rocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's next for you, man? I mean, you got this movie going going on right now. What's next for Marlon Yates Jr.? Um, to be honest, man, hopefully, I'm I still just deal with HBO, man, and do a I play a cop, which is which okay. is crazy. And it's crazy. It's crazy. I've been saying that for like 
past four or five months, I've been doing interviews or whatever. They were like, what's your, like, role that you want to play? I was like, you know, be honest, I want to play, like, a iced tea cop role, just, like, chilling, just relaxed, ain't doing much. <laughs> but just... And um, the fact that I got called for this HBO that, that shoots in New York, um, man, I just hope that comes falls through. Man, that would be amazing, dude. Right, right, for sure, yeah. for sure, man. You don't... You're doing big things right now, man, straight out of Compton, and hopefully some other things will come out for you as you move forward. Fans, make sure you support this man. Make sure you go to his Twitter page, at Marlon H. Marlon, excuse me, let me start out all over. Fans, support this man. Go to his Twitter page, at Marlon Yates Jr. Also, if you haven't seen it, make sure you get to a movie theater and go out and see straight out of Compton and support this man, Marlon Yates Jr., Marlon, it was a pleasure, man. Wish you nothing but yeah, the man. best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Let's do it. For sure. Take care. All right. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Go, go Eagles. <laughs> go, go Cowboys, man. <laughs> All right, now. All right. Marlon, Late, Marlon Gates, Jr., one of the stars of Straight Outta Compton. He plays the DOC uh, in that particular movie. Pleasure talking to him. About that great movie. I mean, it's it's you know it it's one of those movies that takes you back, man. It takes you back to a, to a to a time and an era, and, and you know these guys did big things, and and they, you know they they were big time, man. This was before social media, you know what I mean? Because I mean this was big. They were big time. They were big time, and we I think a lot of younger people like Marlon himself, you know what I'm saying? A lot of young younger people. You get to 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 see what they did and and how they did what they did and how they got to the place that they got to. You get to see it, and so that that to me is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And so you got young people saying, "Wow, I never knew anything about them," or and 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 they get to understand the, the what he has done and 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 what he has accomplished. What they have accomplished, I should say, and what they have done, NWA, the whole group, Easy E, Dre, Cube, Yella, the rest of them, they did big things in the rap world. I want to thank Medina Islam for stopping by. Make sure you check him out each and every Tuesday, Temptation Tuesday, on own, 9 p.m. Eastern, the haves and the have-nots. Also, I want to thank Marlon Yates Jr. for stopping by. Check him out straight out of Compton in theaters now. Make sure you go see it. A lot of people have seen it. Make sure you go see it. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgame where you can listen to this show and other great show. Follow us on Twitter at go for Gant. For everybody here at go for it. we hope you have a great weekend. We hope you have a great day. See you next week. Take care. Bye.